Welcome to episode 75 of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Berry. My guests today are Jerry Wipkowski and Deanna Shosh, the authors of a new book, Where Two Worlds Meet, A Guide to Connecting with Your Teenage Grandchildren. We all know that when grandchildren are young, a sweet treat, a new toy is enough to inspire their undying love. And then they become teenagers and suddenly it's not so easy anymore for you or for them. Where Two Worlds Meet, A Guide to Connecting with Your Teenage Grandchildren gives grandparents a roadmap to stay connected and to deepen their relationships with their grandchildren. It's an action-focused guide to help grandparents understand life through their teenage grandchildren's eyes. Mr. Witkowski spent 47 years working alongside families. 18 years he served as the general director of the Jewish Community Centers of Chicago, and he also was a residential camp director in Wisconsin. He introduced the first Grandparents Weekend in 1970 and invited grandparents to experience the liveliness of their grandchildren in a camping environment and to participate in camp activities. Grandparents shared their life stories around a campfire and opened their world to their grandchildren. Deanna Schoss is a longtime marketer, researcher, author, and founder and CEO of Intercultural Talk, Inc., a marketing firm. She also hosts the weekly live stream show, Intercultural Spark. Their book is available for pre-order and will go live June 21st, 2022. The link to pre-order and to buy the book is in the show notes. We are here to talk today about your new book, Where Two Worlds Meet. I would like for you all to tell me how this book came about. What was the thought process for launching into it? As I like to describe it to people, Jerry is just a longtime grandparenting guru. You know, both professionally, he's worked with families for years. He has six grandchildren, two great-grandchildren, one more one more coming, I think within the next the next couple of months at the most. And then I'm the parent of a teenager. So the whole time we were working on the book, I am the adult child that's referenced in the work that we do together. So it was almost like a real life laboratories. We took all the ideas about how grandparent, grandchild connection can bring the family closer together. What's happened over the course of time of us working together, Carolyn, is Unfortunately, so much has changed in the world and the urgency of the mental health crisis for teens and also isolation of older adults because of the pandemic and other world events has actually made this book a lot more critical than it than it might have been when we first started out with the goal of bringing families closer together. Mental health <laughs> services for elder adults, middle-aged adults, teens, children is just so sketchy throughout the United States. And I think it's something that our country really needs is, is quality mental health care. We think this book will solve all the problems of the world. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> so, so tell me, you and your son, Deanna, were like the research or part of the research, but give me some other insight as to how it actually came about. How did you go about all of your research and what did you find? What are some key findings? Uh, my son is a psychiatrist. Uh, he's an adolescent psychiatrist. I worked for the Jewish Community Centers for 47 years. During that time, I worked with teenagers from the early years, and I was director of our children's overnight camp 
for 15 years. So I worked with kids in camp and I worked with the staff that you hire from colleges to be the counselors of these kids. And one of the things I wanted to teach my campers and my staff, always leave your campsite better than you found it. Always leave the world better than you found it. And I wanted to teach the staff and the children to care about each other. How do you teach kids who are 11 years old in a cabin, if there's one kid that's having problems that you don't pick on them, you care about them. And uh, that's what led me to this book a long time ago, the idea of putting it together. And then I started working with Diana about five years ago and she's a superb, brilliant writer, thinker and uh, partner. We unleash the creativity in each other and that's how this book came about. And then over time, we've actually implemented the ideas along the way to learn so much more. So for example, we created a curriculum that is the Grandparent-Grandchild Connection School Program. So we saw how grandparents could really learn about developmental stages and really about what the lives of their teenage grandchildren were like by connecting with schools. Or we worked uh, with the JCC Chicago locally and created a grandparents story writing program where grandparents sign up to receive uh, writing prompts twice a week for six weeks. We just finished our seventh session of that. You know, hundreds of grandparents from three continents have participated. So we connect with grandparents, we hear their concerns. Uh, Jerry actually even commissioned a research project to see how grandparents and grandchildren entering each other's lives was good for the mental health of, of all involved. And so all of that, you know, Jerry's decades of professional, uh, professional work as a social worker, as leader of a, of a community organization, and then these practical programs along with research said, it's time, let's put this into a book. Think of the grandchildren that at your, at your house now. Uh, I went to the schools in the community I lived in outside of Chicago called Deerfield, and I met with the principal of the high school, and I said, would you allow your, the grandparents of these kids to come and visit the school, have some of your staff talk to them, what is their world in school, what's going on? She grabbed the idea because her best friend, she said, was her grandmother, and uh, the head of the English department gave the grandparents a list of all the books the kids would read in the, in the four years they're in high school uh, so that the grandparents could read those books as well as their grandchildren are reading them and then get a sense of what, have a discussion about the book. So how do you enter your grandchild's world and without being judgmental, without being a pain in a tush and just mm. be a part of their life? And then how are you willing to let them enter your world as an older adult, as a mom, as a dad, uh, as a person on a job or running a podcast, how do they enter your world? How do you let them? A few minutes ago, I mentioned to you that I had just come back from with these two boys, they're ages seven and nine. We were at uh, a site on the Potomac River and we were hunting for shark's teeth. Now I've Last year, I took these two boys. So this is only the second time that we've gone. And there was a lady there who was showing the children. She, she does this regularly, so she knows what she's doing. And so she was showing the kids. Well, 
they got so that they could spot the shapes lying in the sand of, of these you know, shark's teeth and whale bones and a crocodile tooth. And the kids were spotting it. So they have found this. And because this lady took time to show them, but then now they were teaching me, she had to leave. So then they started teaching me how to find these on the sand. And it was so cool that these children who I've nurtured and helped raise and mold were now showing me something. And I think that was really special. You know, that's yep. a theme that goes throughout the book, the whole idea that learning is multidirectional. Because it, we like to think in the olden days, there was sort of a hierarchy and the grandparents were revered as the elders of the family. But really, the world continues to change and everybody has somebody something that they can offer. And that's that moment that you experienced uh, of, of being able to learn something from your grandchildren, as opposed to always feeling like, oh, well, I'm the grown up, I need to be the one teaching. So that's really exciting. The other thing that's great, you know, there's a saying that if you do something three times, it becomes, you know, it becomes a tradition. So you're, you're two thirds of the way to this annual shark outing, <laughs> the shark outing being <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> something that's an annual event for sure. As I was watching them, cause I was taking pictures of them and, you know, hunting myself and watching this woman who has 19 grandchildren interacting with my two grandsons, it just made me excited thinking that perhaps even if they don't go into a field of geology, that at least they're learning something else to add to their encyclopedia of inf information. And their dad was telling me that what he wants to do is make some sort of a showcase for the kids so that they can display their their findings. And I just thought, what a, a wonderful way to reinforce the learning that is occurring naturally. I mean, I want, I wanted to do something with the kids. I knew they would enjoy looking for that. I didn't know anything about it, but we're learning along the way. And then the, their father, my son, is willing to further that by helping them display what they're finding. So there's that intergenerational excitement over spontaneous learning. Absolutely. And there's the grandparents and the adult children being allies in supporting that learning in the young people. And Jerry, you have the whole issue of values because that outing also has a lot of arms and legs to start conversations around values. You know, Jerry, I think of what you've done with your granddaughter, let's say in your walks in the botanic garden. Uh, how do you build on that experience with the teeth? Then you can explore a whole world where these sharks exist and they, they could sketch, you could read, you could see films, but they, 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 how do you share where you go together with this learning experience? What other areas do you want to explore together uh, or they want to explore? I, uh, my granddaughter was 13. She's now in her 30s. Uh, I picked her up from school and uh, I asked her, so how was school today? What'd you learn? And she said, grandpa, I'm more than just a student. I said, well, what does that mean? And she said, well, I love music. And I said, ah, I'll share with you my Weaver's record and you share with me your music. And we did that. Uh, and I said, your music is very interesting. She said, grandpa, your music is interesting too. <laughs> That's how we enjoyed each other's music. But how do you explore the world of music? How do you explore the world of the family together? It, it is when you have that 
you, when you don't use elderliness as a as an attitude about people are old or stupid or they don't know much and you just open that door to aging is just part of life and uh what a joy that is together and that's what this book is about how do you really enjoy each other and help each other share experiences and from that sharing you learn together tell me about the research project you commissioned what were you looking for we were looking just taking because the the premise technically you could say it's a hypothesis that when uh, grandchildren and grandparents what we said is when grandparents and grandchildren connect in this case it was through the platform of the school that the entire family became closer across the generations so we did a couple things for this research one we did a literature review to see what literature was out there that documented the fact of intergenerational connections and how those improved mental health and there are studies that show that even where child care centers and senior centers have been co-located and it it actually helped. The kids had better reading scores. The older adults uh, reported a set less loneliness. So we did literature review to document that. But we also did, we had, I want to say there were about 200 people who come to these grandparent days at Deerfield High School. And so we also did a survey of the grandparents and the grandchildren about their perceptions of each other before and after the event, how much more likely they'd be able, for example, for the grandparents to be engaged in the school, because that's important for schools to build their community. So all of these questions were geared to, to evaluate the experience of being together in that environment and then what that meant in terms of their connection to each other and also to the school environment. And that's, if you go to, so, so Jerry's website, it's grandparentsunleashed.com. And it's because of the idea that when grandparents unleash their creativity, the things that they're passionate about and their skills, that they can really transform the family. And so the research is actually available on the grandparentsunleashed.com website because it's so important. When is your book coming out? June 21st. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so eager to read it. Thank and you. It's available. Is this, it is available for pre-order now on Amazon, but it'll be available in, you know, we help bookstores and libraries and such across the country once it's out on June 21st. Is this available in Kindle as well as in hardback and paperback? Yes. And what we're really excited about is it's also going to be available as an audio book. So oh, fabulous. Yeah, that's really exciting. That whole process, you know, for Jerry and I, as authors, the process of creating an audiobook is really exciting. One, because Carolyn, the book is for grandparents of grandchildren. Grandparents are going to love it. But the other audience that's really going to love it is the adult child for two reasons. They may get it as a gift for their parent because there's chapters about setting boundaries and, and interdependence. So the, the, the approach is very respectful of that the grandparents are just that, the grandparents, they're not the parents. So parents will love that attitude, but parents themselves also, there's so much you can get with insights into teenagers. And a lot of the parents might be listening to audiobooks. So, and just auditioning actors. And we have an actor who's reading the main part. And then we have, there's letters from grandchildren that are very emotional. Some are grandchildren of Holocaust survivors, 
um, you know, some talk about these moments where their grandparent really was the constant steady in their life. And it just hits home that idea that grandparents can have this, this amazing lasting impact on their grandchildren. So the audiobook really brings that out in the voices that are doing the reading. Oh, that's wonderful. I love listening to audiobooks. I have said many times before, my grandparents played such an important role in my life. And I credit my interest in storytelling and writing, and even the courage to do this podcast with my maternal grandfather, who was the real storyteller of my childhood. And I think about that all the time and <laughs> go back on my uh, my shark tooth hunting expedition this morning. One of the things that my grandfather used to do was take me fishing. And I say fishing in quotes because the fishing really was hunting for minnows. But in, in the where That's we were great. on the river today, yeah, there was a school of minnows flying around, swimming around, and my grandson was trying to catch them. And it immediately took me back to the days when I was his age, and my grandfather was sitting on the riverbank, or the creek bank, actually, and I was, you know, wading in ankle-deep water catching minnows. So it's, it's something that I always will cherish, and it just struck me that here from my grandfather to not to me now being a grandmother and watching my grandson chasing minnows. It just really made me think about him. I want to go back to one thing that Deanna uh, started, and that's respecting the relationship between the adult child, your adult children, and you. And that those kids, that grandchildren you are with today, are not your children. They're the children of your son and his wife. Now, let's say those two grandchildren with you today said, Grandma, I want to tell you a secret, but you can't tell my dad or my mom. Okay, Grandma, you should have a discussion with your adult children. If your two sons ever want to tell me a secret, what are the ground rules for my listening? When I ask my therapist, my, my, uh, my psychiatry daughter-in-law and son this they said okay if they tell you that they are into drugs if they tell you that they are uh thinking of suicide if they tell you they hurt somebody those those personal things you cannot keep from us and you need to have that conversation with my children that you'll be happy to listen to things that they want to say. And if they can't say them to your parents, to their parents, you will help them think of a way of doing that. But here are the areas that I will not keep to myself. And when you have that kind of conversation, you're really respecting your adult children, that they're their children, not yours. And you don't get into conflict with them. I agree a hundred percent. And that, drawing on my background as a teacher, I often had students come to me and they would want to tell me something. And I, I had to have that conversation with them as from a teacher-student standpoint that I am a mandated reporter. So if you tell me something that I, by law, have to report, then I have to report it. So I need you to understand that before you tell me anything else. And I think that helped strengthen 
my relationship with my students, but also, as you said, I can help you talk to your parents about this. If, if you're going to tell me, then you have to understand that I need to also help you learn how to talk to your parents. Yeah. And so, yeah, yes. So I am well aware of that. I chuckled because earlier you mentioned that I give my <laughs> give my grandsons ice cream every day uh their parents don't really like for them to have ice cream every day so i have told the kids that you know your dad is not going to like this so we can't have ice cream every day but maybe every other day we can have ice cream <laughs> so <laughs> i try to be i really try hard to be respectful of the the rules that my children have with their children and to respect those every now and then I pull the grandma card and you know we might have ice cream two days in a row but I I really do try to respect that and I think my children appreciate that too so you you can bet on that you can bet on that Carolyn (laughs) yeah yeah no we're joking about it we're like what's wrong with ice cream um but absolutely (laughs) you know that's what Parents want to know that when their children are with someone else, that that person respects their rules, whether that person agrees with them or, or not. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes parents end up realizing, I remember one time my husband said to me, tell your mom to stop giving your, our son chocolate. And I was like, I'm just, I'm not going to do that. Like, but that was a Like that was a conscientious choice though, that of all the things that grandma could do, you know, given chocolate was, was going to be okay. He did, you know, especially because she's an out of town grandma. So it's not even going to happen where, where it's, it's terrible for every day. But those are the kinds of things, like Jerry said, those are actual conversations that families really should and could have. And even though our book is geared to teenagers, the earlier families can have those conversations, the better they will be as the as the grandchildren age, because then everyone's on the same page. And really, it's all about loving and supporting that amazing next generation. You know, Deanna, you would be amazed at the number of parents I've talked to who are forbidden to see their grandchildren over something as simple as grandparents refuse to not follow the parents' wishes regarding diets, that they, that when they're with their grandkids, they're giving them candy, they're giving them chocolate, they let them stay up all hours of the night. And the, the parents feel they can't trust their parents to raise the children with the same sort of expectations. And so the parents' reaction is to cut off all, conver- all connection with the grandparents, which I find terribly unfair. But at the same time, if, if my son were to constantly tell me, don't give the kids ice cream, and I continuously ignored that, then I think my son would have every right to be upset with me. So I think the what you all have always advocated in all of your writings and your teachings is respect for every generation and grandparents have to respect what the parents are asking because they are the parents. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Really. That's the statement. There's almost even no other explanation beyond that. That really is the truth. We one time just for fun, this was so funny. There is a book and it's called politically correct bedtime stories. And my, my parents made fun a little bit of us because, you know, we were very 
uh, you know, really trying to infuse values and things like that into how we were raising Luca. So one time when we were going to stay with them, we were leaving our son with them. My husband and I were going to go away for the weekend. <laughs> so I brought the book and I said, I just want you to know, this is the only book that you can read to Luca. And then I opened it and proceeded to read it. And it was like, you know, Little Red Riding Hood was part of like, you know, the feminist movement. And she could have actually beaten the wolf <laughs> if she wanted to. And <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And they, I, they, they thought I was serious, bless their hearts. And they were like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, so we made it kind of fun, but then it still was a conversation about, about, um, just to talk about values, you know, families don't even talk about values within themselves a lot, let alone between three different generations. I know our time is running short, so I would like for each of you to leave us with a pearl of wisdom from the book that we haven't talked about already. They're not your children. They are the children of your adult children. Love them, love them, love them. I think for me is this idea of entering their world, just realizing that, you know, what well, wasn't like that when I was a boy or when I was a girl, you're absolutely positively right. It wasn't. And I would say things might even be harder now, but the ability to, to kind of take off, to look through the world, through your grandchild's lens, to really understand what life is like for them now and to support them there, I think is really phenomenal and just opens grandparents will learn so much and it just opens such an opportunity for a deeper connection that's so important and it's what grandparents want grandparents unleash your creativity so that you and your grandfamily can grow together absolutely and we do live in a topsy-turvy world the COVID, the mass shootings all of that has changed how we look at the world and how what children have to contend with every day. So it's, it is difficult. And I think honest family, multi-generation conversations are absolutely imperative to have healthy, well-adjusted children and grandparents. You know, the and, isolation of COVID was horrible. And doing things together, having fun. Yes. <laughs> going <laughs> for shark fun. teeth. I mean, how many grandmothers take their grandkids going for shark's teeth i don't know <laughs> and like yesterday we were playing badminton <laughs> it <laughs> is it's a lot of fun and i tried i tried to talk the kids into wearing bathing suits because i knew they were going to get wet they were mm -hmm. like no we're not going to go we're not going to go swimming we're not going to get wet and i looked and both of them were up to their shoulders <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I'm so glad I brought towels. <laughs> so I want to make sure that people know where to get your book. So it is, I would imagine, across any bookstore, libraries. Is that true? It, it can be available. We hope that all of them will carry it. Uh, the easiest thing, if people are, are online, is just to go to wheretwoworldsmeet.com. Uh, that way you can find links to the trailer, where to buy it online. And after June 21st, it will be available at bookstores and uh, libraries. In fact, we're participating in the American Library Association. They have a, a fair coming up on June 22nd. So our book is out just in time for all the librarians to see it and select it for their library. Their library doesn't oh, have it. Fabulous. They just tell the librarian to get it. And I do want to put in a plug for your trailer. It is fabulous. You guys did a wonderful job with that. 
Thank we you. Had out, we had outstanding help doing yeah. that. We're with Right Life Publishing, and then the book is distributed through the through IPG, the Independent Publishers uh, Group. But Right Life Publishing, uh, yeah, they they are top notch and helped with a lot of that creative things with the trailer and and uh, you know through access to all kinds of uh, bookstores and sellers and librarians and things like that. So that's you, been great. You got to tell your principal associate principals association nationwide that they should get the book too. I will. I will work on that. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a lively, it just incredible interview. You two are some of my favorite people. So I really appreciate giving my listeners the opportunity to learn firsthand about this book. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Carolyn. You're the best. Thank you. Take care of yourself, Carolyn. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. You will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes. If you would like to be a guest or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest, please connect with me at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com.